0: Hello. Hello. Hey, it's you again. Oh, oh my gosh, I am so glad you are back for episode 54. Of- Of the Yours Julie podcast, or maybe you're here for the first time joining us on episode 54. But whether you're returning, whether it's your first time here, I'm so truly glad that you are joining us for another episode of the Yours Julie podcast. So before we even get into today's intro, the Facebook post of the week, the content of this actual episode, I have to just rant about one thing. It won't be long, but it's something that I do all the time, and maybe Just maybe some of you will resonate with this. So I have this terrible habit of washing my clothes. Well, I guess washing the clothes isn't the terrible habit because I don't think I would have any friends who ever wanted to hang out with me if I never washed my clothes, but that's not the bad habit. The bad habit is when I wash the clothes, I put them in the dryer and I continuously forget that they are there. It's like, yay, like it's, it's Saturday, like it's laundry day. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wash my clothes, I'm going to put them in the dryer, and I'm going to have clean clothes for the week. And it's all well and good until I reach Saturday evening at like 11 p.m. Maybe I just finished a movie, doing something cool, and I'm like, oh no, I forgot that I had clothes in the dryer. So I'm like well I don't want to fold them now so I'm going to press refresh and like I'll just come back and get them in the morning so then the morning comes you go about your business on Sunday morning and Sunday night comes and I'm like oh my god I forgot to fold the laundry again like guys if I have one bad habit in life it is not being good at folding clothes or remembering to do that I also hardly ever unpack when I come back from a trip I don't know why that is my habit. I just the thought of like folding clothes or unpacking just seems incredibly daunting to me. But anyways, the reason why I'm thinking about that is because I can kind of hear the things bouncing around in the dryer in the background of this episode because where I sit is not that far from my washer and dryer. So I hope that you cannot hear like my zippers and like my old chapstick's like tumbling around in my dryer, but if you can I apologize, but anywho, rant aside, that was a tandem that had absolutely nothing to do with today's podcast, but welcome to episode 54... An episode that is featuring a conversation that I had recently with one of my dear friends and fellow nutrition professionals. His name is Josh Pierce. I'm going to introduce him and introduce our conversation here in a moment, but you know what we have to do first here on the Yours Truly podcast is feature our Yours Truly Goalslayer Facebook post of the week. So if you're new around here, the slaying community is one that I run for free on the interwebs on Facebook for not only my one-on-one clients who work with me individually, but also for anyone and everyone who is interested in learning more about intuitive eating and figuring out, well, how the heck do I take the principles of intuitive eating and make them a reality in my daily life? So we have posts, I do videos, we have fun challenges, we do all of the sorts in here to create a really cohesive and supportive community around all things intuitive eating. So... The post that I want to feature today is actually from one of my clients who recently graduated from my one-on-one coaching program. I am so incredibly proud of her and the progress that she has made, and I'm also pretty sure the day that I am recording and reading this post that she made, I'm pretty sure that it is her birthday today, so making a mental note to shoot her, her a text afterwards to tell her happy birthday if she ever listens to this episode, you know who you are, you're amazing. And here comes the post. So she writes, you know what's awesome about intuitive eating? Well, mostly everything, but specifically catering food to your hunger. Before, when I was immersed in diet culture, I ate according to numbers. How many carbs I had left, how many calories, how many points, etc. But tonight, I wasn't super hungry. I would normally eat these lentil sloppy joes on a bun or with some quinoa. But I wanted a salad and the sloppy joe, air quote, meat, so I put it on shredded lettuce and boom. A balanced and super satisfying meal that is sustaining me physically and mentally. Tonight, I am not choosing a bun or quinoa not to get away from carbs, but simply because I wanted a lighter meal. Yay, intuitive eating. So again, a big shout out to this goal slayer who has made so much progress in her own intuitive eating journey and not only while working with me one-on-one, but she is even going out to do this on her own. And as we talked about, again, with this same client on her final, like our wrap-up kind of graduation, yay, rah, rah call that I do with all of my clients who graduate, she talked about how she feels like she is gaining momentum over time with this journey instead of losing momentum. So I think we can all agree that when you come to a diet or when you come to the promised land of Eat this way and X, Y, and Z will happen in six weeks or you'll never crave anything again or you're going to lose X amount of weight. Like it comes with this really exciting beginning because you start out saying, I'm going to do all of the things. I'm going to do them perfectly. And in six weeks or a month or 30 to, you know, whatever the promise is, I will be like that. I will look like that. I will eat like that and my life will be perfect. So we start out with a lot of momentum because we are excited because we've been promised something. But we figure out over time that we lose momentum because the habits and the behaviors that that diet or air quote lifestyle change was teaching us. Is not something that we want to do for the rest of our life because it comes at the expense of our mental, our physical, our emotional, our social, maybe our financial, all of the realms of health and wellness. But on the flip side with intuitive eating, we kind of start out with not a lot of momentum because we're like, okay, this is kind of insane. I don't have any external moderators on my food. Like, what am I doing? Is this really the right thing? Like, we come in because we have been so trained by diet culture to have these external measures of progress and success and we don't have those so it is kind of a rocky road it's an uncertain time it's sometimes an anxiety-ridden time at the beginning but we find as we overcome these negative food rules as we start to figure out how to listen to our bodies how to repair and how to mend the relationship with food that we have we gain momentum over time because we figure out hey I'm feeling more energized. I'm eating more satisfying and nourishing meals. I'm not feeling so controlled by food. I can, like she said here, choose something that doesn't have a bun or doesn't have quinoa, not because I'm eating air quote low carb or because I air quote can't have it, but because it's a choice because that's how I'm going to feel best in this moment. So she's gaining momentum as she's going throughout her journey, making decisions that she is confident in, that she feels satisfied and nourished with with not because she's trying to please a diet or because she's trying to align all of the rules on a certain diet, but rather because she just wanted some lettuce and some cheese with this because that's what her body was saying. That's what her hunger cues were saying. That's what sounded best in the moment. And she had a really great experience with this meal because of it. And also, I have to tell you, I know podcasts are a very auditory platform like you can't really see well you can't at all see what I'm talking about here Um, but she has a photo posted of the meal and it it really does look like sloppy joe meat but she has made it with lentils so I had never really heard of that combination before using a lentil variation or a more plant-based version of sloppy joe meat but it looks pretty good so I might have to try that that's one other thing I love about this community when someone posts a photo of their food I'm like ah that looks really good. I've never thought of that before. So not only do we get intuitive eating brain gains from motivational stories and posts like this, but we also get some yummy meal and snack ideas. So... If you're listening to this little intro here and you're like, man, that community sounds like a place where I want to hang out. I want to get to know these people. I want to gain more free and valuable information on my intuitive eating journey so that I can gain momentum as I progress. And as I grow, we would love to have you as a part of our community. Like I said, it is free and it is open for anyone to join, but I do have a brief application that I will have you fill out before you come into the community so that I can get to know a bit more about you, what kind of information you would find valuable, and so I can also lay a couple of ground rules about what this community is all about. So... If you are interested in finding that application to have the invitation to come and join us here in our free Facebook community, you can do one of two things. So A, you can head on to Instagram. You can give me a follow, shameless plug, at Claire Tuning. You can click the link in my bio and it will be really apparent where you click to go get the application for the Facebook community. If you are not on Instagram or you don't want to go down that rabbit hole, you can simply go to Facebook and search the yours truly goal slayers it will come up as a private community hit request to join that request comes directly to me and i will send you a private message so be checking your inbox there with the application and once you fill that out i will reach out with next steps to join so without further ado that is our yours truly goal slaying featured post of the week but now we have our fancy transition music da 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 Today's conversation is with one of my good friends, my colleagues, a fellow nutrition professional. His name is Josh Pierce. He goes under Josh Pierce Nutrition, if you're looking for him on Instagram, and I came into contact with Josh through our mutual friend and our mutual mentor, Tony Steffen of the I Believe Mentorship. So what I love about being in a community of dietitians and nutrition professionals like this is it not only makes me feel a little bit less lonely in what I do because guys, I work alone I own my own business, no one works under me, so it really is powerful to have this community, this outreach and, and friends so I don't have to feel like I work alone, but also it really open opens up my eyes to other things that are going on in the nutrition world and how other individuals are helping other people figure out what type of nutrition, what type of relationship with food is best for them. So it really is a growing experience for me and also for people like yourself who are listening. Because I have this greater network now to bring people on and to really let their area of expertise shine in this interview. So Josh is arguably one of the most caring, generous, and lively individuals I think I've ever had the chance to meet. He's kind of one of those people, and I can say this with full confidence now because I have met him two times in person, that when he walks into a room or when you're within like five feet radius to Josh, it's like you feel this energy and the whole energy of the room is elevated. You will be able to hear this in our conversation that he is so incredibly passionate about what he does. And because of that, he brings so much energy, so much life into his message and into what he does with his clients. So Josh takes a flexible dieting. If you've ever heard this before, it is more of a macronutrient based approach. To helping his clients overcome extreme restrictions, so make sure they're eating enough, help them to create a nutrition plan that works for them, all while eating foods that they also enjoy. So of course, his approach is different from mine. One thing that I love in bringing individuals on this podcast is that we don't only have to talk about all things intuitive eating. Of course, intuitive eating is what I love and is, it is what I preach and what I practice with my clients, but I'm a firm believer in giving people the opportunity to hear from other individuals to help them figure out what is the best version of nutrition for me that's going to help me feel the best in my own body and most confident in my relationship with food. For me and for my clients, I believe that to be intuitive eating. But for other individuals, maybe you've been listening to this podcast and you're like, Claire you make good points, but I don't see eye to eye with you on certain things. Or maybe I'm looking for more information that falls into a slightly different nutrition category. Well, then this conversation is for you because we talk about first and foremost, the importance of creating sustainability and enjoying whatever type of nutrition program or approach that you take. Because bottom line, whether we're talking intuitive eating, a more macronutrient-based approach, the sustainability component is so key. So our conversation really focuses on how do we find that sustainability component? Maybe what are some things that take away from the sustainability component? And we also talk about what are some of the differences between my approach, between Josh's approach, and what are also some of the similarities or maybe main goals or outcomes that we both have in mind for our clients. So it really is a cool conversation and how do we bridge the discussion between intuitive eating a more macronutrient based approach and how do we help individuals as practitioners find something that is best for them So that being said, if you are on an intuitive eating journey and you are trying to recover from viewing food as numbers or you really don't want to hear any mention of a macronutrient or a different type of approach, I will go ahead and give you the warning that there will be some discussion of that in this podcast. None of it is super triggering. We're not talking about extreme things happening with dieting or restriction or anything like that, but I would like to go ahead and give you the heads up since I know some individuals who listen to this podcast are recovering from disordered eating or an eating disorder that was kind of perpetuated or made worse by a numbers-based approach or a more less intuitive approach, I could say. So if that is you and you're like, you know what, Claire, like I support what you do. I love that you're bringing on other individuals to help feature their message. But I kind of want to take, take a rain check on this episode. No hard feelings. I encourage you to pause the episode here to go back to a later episode, maybe one that is a little bit more intuitive eating focused. But I do just want to give you the heads up that this is a great conversation, but it does have a little bit of different talk that is not just intuitive eating. So take that as you will. And without further ado, I hope you really, truly enjoy this conversation with Josh. Give him a follow on social media if you don't already. He is so generous, so kind, and like I said, if you need a dose of just, like, energy and just complete good vibes in your day, I would highly recommend giving him a follow and watching his stories because that is exactly what he brings. Also, if you're a fan of pizza... I don't know if I've ever met someone who loves pizza and ice cream more than him, so maybe you can resonate with him on that level. But without further ado, here is my conversation with Josh. Welcome to another episode of the Yours Julie podcast. I'm your host, Claire Tuning, a peanut butter and jelly enthusiast, turned registered dietitian, yoga teacher, nutrition coach, and entrepreneur. I believe that happiness and health comes from the ability to truly nourish your body, mind, and spirit through food, movement, and relationships. That's what this podcast is all about. Together, we'll learn to eat gently, move freely, and love fiercely, and probably make a lot of puns along the way. So join me and my stellar squad of guests to learn the tools that you need to break free from a world of diet culture and negativity to fully, gently, and mindfully step into your own source of power. Yours, Julie, Claire. Here we go. Josh Pierce, my man, coming to the Yours Truly podcast. How are you this evening? Oh, say something one more time. You kind of cut out there.
1: I'm doing great. How are you doing?
0: Oh, there you are. Okay. we're The, the blooper reel of doing it live, you answered and I could see your mouth moving, but I couldn't hear your words. I was like... Oh. Did I just go deaf, or can I not hear Josh? But you're doing great. I'm doing great. So you have just gotten back from a string of travels, like being up super late. So in the in the spirit of being gentle with yourself here on the Yours Truly podcast, how about you? You like you taking some time for yourself? You getting re-energized? Hopefully with this conversation and other things. But hi, hanging in.
1: I'm doing great. I mean, every time I have a conversation with you, for starters, like you are the most energetic woman I know. Yours, you're always in the highest spirit. So conversations with you always lift my day. But um, after traveling for the last five days, I believe, I can say I'm ready to be back into my routine. I do so well in my routine. Like I have no struggles, no real no, no real stressors when I'm in my regular routine. But when I travel, I'm completely removed from that. And I feel like everything I know and everything I teach on a day-to-day to my clients goes out the window. Like I struggle, I'm at ground level battling with the same exact things that our clients are. And it's, you know, I'm very human in that sense. So I'm, I'm excited to be back and ready to get back to my routine and what works for me.
0: I can really resonate with that too, because I love traveling. I love seeing all the different sites, doing what there is to do. But at the end of a week, I'm like, oh, thank God I am back in my home. There's just like something about that sense of normalcy, that sense of calm that really is so... Healthy or like what whatever you want to call it. So I love too that you bring up the fact of it kind of puts you into a level playing field with your clients where you're reminded like this is what I coach on. These are the topics that I talk to my own clients about because I feel like the best coach is one who can really relate to and connect to his or her clients. And I know just from what I know about your community and your coaching program, I know that you have a really strong connection with your community and with your clients. So for maybe anyone who who hasn't heard of you, who doesn't know yet who Josh Pierce is, why don't you give them a little bit of an idea of who you are, what you do, and how your nutrition coaching kind of plays into all of this.
1: Well, my name is Josh. I am a nutrition coach and the owner of Josh Pierce Nutrition. I have been coaching for about a year and a half under my own business. And prior to that, I coached a little bit in a consultative approach, I was kind of like that guy that my friends, family and coworkers would come to for advice. So I was always pointing people in the right direction and, and really just consulting at the time and just kind of realized over the course of time, hey, I have this passion, I have this knowledge. And there this society is so screwed up when it comes to nutrition that I am doing a disservice to myself and others if I don't use that to try and help it create an impact. And, and I've since found that this is this is my calling. Like I absolutely love helping. I love being that guy that is standing in your corner, helping you understand that this whole healthy lifestyle thing doesn't have to be a big, daunting, scary commitment. It should be something that's simple, fun, that you're able to enjoy, that you're able to stick with long-term and just being that person that helps you understand that that's a powerful feeling. Mm -hmm. So um, that's kind of how I got into the coaching space prior to that, I've you know, come from my own journey. I have had my own battles with my relationship with food in the past and just growing up, growing up in a home where with a diabetic father and we always had simple, quick sugars in the house, nutty bars, Swiss cake rolls, Mountain Dew. Uh, we were on the go all the time in sports and school. And so I was always eating fast food and stuff like that. So I never had a, a handle on nutrition when I was younger. Of course, I went to college and Started drinking a lot and started getting the munchies and just eating whatever I could find and all of that. So, through college, I had no handle on nutrition and got to a point where I was very uncomfortable, not just with how I looked in the mirror and all of that, but how I felt. I didn't feel like I was. Attractive. I didn't feel like I. Th- there wasn't much of a sense of self self worth, and I just didn't feel like I was living the life that I was supposed to be living. Um, moved down to Florida after college to take a job, and I decided this was a perfect time to turn over a new leaf and start. Uh, now that I was cooking my own foods and all of that, I might as well be cooking the right foods. So I started researching nutrition and really just self-taught bang my head against the wall time and time again to learn this stuff and kind of figure it out and over the course of the last seven years i can finally say that i've figured it out and now that i'm here i want to bring everybody else here that i can because i know where i was when i was really struggling and when i was in that position i know what it felt like not to have the resources and all of that so i just i want to do everything in my power to bring you and you know everybody I can to this place that I'm at now.
0: I love that. And and something that our mutual coach, friend, and mentor, Tony Stefan, because how we connected in the first place is from being in this like-minded group of other coaches and dietitians, that something that he has always said that has really stuck with me is that we become the coach that we wish we would have had. So after kind of hearing your personal story there, like uh, it's kind of a rhetorical question, but you probably would have found benefit from having the coach that you are now back when you were struggling to feel good in your own body or to figure out how nutrition worked for you or how you felt confident or felt worthy or all of these things. So I love, and I feel like most people, at least who I am connected with in this field, who I can see like an apparent passion for what they do, it's evident that they have a story that deeply connects them and roots them in their why. And for you, especially like you in the beginning, I I really appreciate the compliment. Like I'm always so full of energy and I really feel that's because, I love what I do. And also maybe because of the peanut butter and jelly, but I love what I do. And and I love this field. And I see it in you as well. Like when we met for the first time in New York, like in person a couple of months ago, or one month ago in Costa Mesa, like you, you bring an energy and a fire to the room. And I'm not a client of yours, but I can imagine that you bring the same energy to your coaching calls where it's like, you are kind of like this outlet of energy that people want to plug into you. The people see that you have something figured out or you have a type of energy. So they want to get that from you. And I I will never forget. I mean, it didn't happen that long ago, but a couple of moments I was asking you before we even hit record, like how are you doing? And you're like, well, like it's been kind of tiring traveling, but I'm so happy to be back doing what I love. And I feel like that's the mark of someone who truly loves or truly for the purpose of this podcast loves what they do, because you come back here and you get energy from connecting with people, from coaching people, from talking them through their nutrition struggles. So, um, that was just like a little aside. I just wanted to say, like, I see it in you. Like, I know you love what you do. And I think anybody who's listening can really kind of take that away from your story that you have a really strong why, but Something that I want to dive into that you hinted on there in the beginning of your story is something that you said people will say sometimes when they come to you with nutrition. And we talked about this briefly before we hit record, but I see this in people all the time and I'm sure you do as well, where we come into the the idea of nutrition and we're either really intimidated by it or we think it can't be fun or it can't be something that allows us to enjoy our life, but rather we think it's something that's going to take away our joy or something that's like a 30 day program, you know, those type of things. So would you just mind speaking a little bit to first, like the importance of finding your version of nutrition that doesn't make you feel that way, if that makes sense?
1: Oh, absolutely. And that is, that is what my, my program is all about. And, and I like how you mentioned that I, I crafted this program, or you, you've mentioned that we are, a version of the coach that we wish we had. And that is exactly the program that I built. Like those are the principles that my program is founded upon. And just to touch on a few of them, no restrictions. Like I grew up feeling like this healthy lifestyle had to include restrictions. You can't eat this, you can't eat that, and you know, this food group is cut out, definitely shouldn't have dessert, and don't eat pizza for lunch, not during the work week at least. You know, all these Bizarre restrictions and rules that just made this seem like a lifestyle that was just, if I wanted to look the way I wanted to and feel the way I wanted to, I had to adhere to something that I wasn't. And at the end of the day, what I've learned over time and what I teach to my clients now in the, in the coaching program that I've built is that you need to craft something that fits your lifestyle. And I like to, I like to relate it to, uh, think of like a relationship. If you're in a relationship with someone that isn't a great fit for you, you're going to, it's going to work for a little while. You're going to be optimistic. And, and over the course of time, you know, well, this really isn't working. And eventually it ends in a breakup or a divorce or whatever it is because it wasn't for you. Now you're in a relationship with someone that is for you and you feel like you're working together and not against each other. And you feel like you just have that connection. You're able to stick with it long term. And that's exactly how I view this whole lifestyle thing too. You know, it shouldn't be, I shouldn't have to fit my lifestyle into a program. It should be the other way around. Mm -hmm. I should craft a program that fits into my lifestyle. Now, if I like carbs, okay, then my program should allow me to eat the carbs. If I don't like lifting weights, okay, then I should craft a program that accommodates that. That fits me, my preferences, my lifestyle, and all of that. Because at the end of the day, if you're trying to fit your lifestyle into a program that isn't for you, you're not going to stick with it. It's not going to work. You're not going to feel confident, empowered. You're not going to see the results you want. And it's not going to last very long. Now, if you flip the script and you fit something into your lifestyle, you craft something that is for you that you can like, enjoy, you're going to feel empowered. You're going to feel confident. You're going to see the results that you want. And therefore you're going to stick with it long-term. So that's so important, crafting something that works for you and not the other way around.
0: Mm -hmm. I couldn't agree more with that too. And it's like, whatever type of nutrition you prescribe to whether it's intuitive eating, whether it's, you know, a more flexible dieting approach, like whatever resonates with you as a person, I fully and honestly believe that's what you need to go with. Like all labels aside, if you, like you were saying, if you try to fit your life into something that isn't what you enjoy or doesn't allow you space or time or energy to do the things that you want, then what's the point even, right? Um, Something, again, our coach and mentor talks about a lot more in the business sphere is don't allow someone else's goals to dictate your goals. Or you can even prescribe this to nutrition saying, Just because Susie Q from the gym is doing a certain workout program or a certain uh, diet, whatever that may be, or intuitive eating, even from my perspective, doesn't mean that you have to do the same thing because you don't know what her life looks like. You don't know what her goals are, what lights her up. So you might as well focus your attention on yourself, stay in your own lane, horse with the blinders on, like I always say, and find something that's going to last for you. Because I tell this. To my clients, to my potential clients, all of the time, that what I do, my program, at least with intuitive eating, that's like the last stop, last metaphorical stop on the train. Meaning that when I work with an individual, like we're going to be partners, we're going to be a team, but I want them to get to a place eventually where they don't have to hire another coach. Like they don't have to look for more answers because they are confident in what they know and how their body works. And they don't have to figure out, well, like, stay 29 of my. Program, what's going to happen on day 30? Because this isn't something with that expiration date or that timestamp. stamp. It's not like the milk at the grocery store. It's something that will last you for a lifetime. And I know you would agree that that really only comes with something that you find that it's like, yes, this is what I want to do for the rest of my life. I and mean, would you agree?
1: Exactly. I couldn't agree anymore. And that's the exact same way I look at it when I bring someone new into my tribe as well. I always always like to preface my first conversation I have with them. I like to say, you know, everything we do, we're working towards something sustainable for you, where you don't have to have a coach long-term. And I always say, I want to, of course I want to work with you forever, but that's not the reality of it. And therefore I'm, everything I do between now and when we stop working together is to prepare you for life after coaching. And like you said, it's to make you feel strong and confident in your food decisions and you know, confident in your ability to navigate the kitchen, the grocery store, to write a grocery list, to prepare meals for your family, all of that. That is what we work toward every single day. And while we take completely different approaches, I take a more you know, macronutrient-oriented approach and a more numerical and and all of that, and yours is more intuitive, it's all moving in the same exact direction. It's to get you to a point where you don't need coaching and where you're comfortable and confident on a day to day with the lifestyle that you're living and the foods that you're eating and, and able to being able to eat the foods that you enjoy rather than being deprived of the foods that you enjoy, feeling like you're on the outside looking in, watching everybody, you know, have fun and do all of these things.
0: Yeah, absolutely, and I, and I love that you touch on too. And this is why I love having guests on the podcast because I like exposing my audience and giving them as many opportunities to find what does work for them. So my people, if you're listening to the podcast, I call them my audience. I don't know if you've heard before, Josh, but my audience. Love, love that man. I love it. Maybe you can take that for your podcast. That we'll plug here in a second. But I like to think that maybe if they're interested, or if they're listening, they're interested in the intuitive eating approach. But maybe they're just trying to put the feelers out there and figure out like, what is, what's going to work for me long-term? Like who is the coach for me? So that's why I love having conversations with other coaches who may not even take the exact same approach because we're all working for the end individual. Like you're working for your clients. I'm working for mind. And our goal, no matter the process we take to get there is to get them to a healthier and a happier state, depending on what that entails for them. So for some people, it may be never tracking another macro and eating cake every single day. So we don't have to fear it for other people. It may mean doing a more numerical approach and working on incorporating a lean protein in a veggie, like, and not saying that can't fit into the intuitive eating approach because it can. But all I'm trying to say here is I love having like the diversity in different approaches. So that if someone's like, Oh my God, Josh, he was so cool on the, Your Shuli podcast. They can go and follow you and get more value added to their life. So thanks for being here on that regard. But one thing I want to ask you when we're here talking about our clients, I feel like we always just have like a blanket statement, like my clients, right? Um, But a lot of them come to us with really similar pains, fears, frustrations. And I think as a coach, it's almost a matter of like, yay, I'm doing something right. When some of our clients start to say the same things to us, because that means I'm attracting the right people to me. I'm making the right kind of impact and something that I know we both hear a fair amount because we talked about it briefly before we hit record, is people believing like their love of food, but also their desire to be healthy, whatever that means for them, because we can all have different definitions of healthy, but they feel like the love for food and the desire for healthy can't really coexist in the same sphere. So I kind of want to get your take because I know you talk about this a lot and you have a cool approach to this of, is that really the case or is that not the case at all?
1: No, I, I, I'm so glad you brought that up. I have that conversation with people all the time. Like I can't even count on both hands how many times I've had the conversation with someone like, look, I love food and I want to look and feel good. Why can't I have both at the same time? And it's like, no, you absolutely can have both. You just need to stop thinking in extremes. You need to stop thinking that this is an all or nothing mm-hmm. approach that you need to be either eating healthy or not eating healthy, that you need to be all in or all out because it's not like that at all. you need to find a middle ground back to crafting something that works for you you know and if that means that you're eating seventy percent according to your plan or you know you're not eating one hundred percent, but you're, you're at seventy to eighty percent where you can incorporate the flexibility and you can do the things that you love and still have date night on Friday night, that's what matters that's creating something that you're going to be able to stick with long-term. it's so important there. And and I was actually just, I think I made a post in my Facebook group last week. And I said, what's your biggest frustration when it comes to food, when it comes to nutrition? And a lot of the responses were along the lines of this is food in general. Like I love food. I want to be healthy, but those two things don't coincide at all. And I I want to redirect that because it's the biggest misconception. They absolutely should coincide. And if they don't coincide, that's a huge red flag that you need to get onto a different plan or you need to find someone that's going to help you craft a plan that does work for you. Because if you're feeling like that, you're completely missing the ball. And this whole healthy lifestyle thing is going to be a daunting commitment for you until you change the way you're thinking. Until you change the way you're looking at the situation and stop thinking so absolute and start thinking, okay, maybe I just need to find a middle ground that allows both.
0: Mm-hmm. And, and I couldn't agree more with the whole absolutes conversation because the diet culture and so much of the nutrition talk that we live in, it teaches this like super black and white thing. It's like either you do or you don't, you're with us or you're against us type of thing, which in reality, when it comes to nutrition, when we're living in the extremes, I kind of refer to a pendulum analogy. I typically talk about my pendulum analogy when it comes to hanger and then feeling overfull after a meal, but you can really apply this in any type of conversation that when you have a pendulum basic physics, not a math person, not a physics person, but I know basic physics would tell us when you pull the pendulum to one side and you let it go, it's going to have an equal and opposite swing in the other direction. So if you're living in this black and white plan with nutrition where it's like, I love food, but I can't have anything that I love to be my definition of healthy. Well, what's going to happen when you all of a sudden realize like, oh my Lord, I can't live this way. Well, then since you've been living in the extreme, when you let the pendulum go because it wasn't sustainable, you're more often than not going to swing to the other end of the spectrum that we with intuitive eating or any type of eating in general would call the binging side of things, where it's we know when we feel the drive to eat, eat, eat all of the things all of the time. That's not any fault of our own. That's not because something is wrong with us, but it's typically more telling that whatever plan we were following or trying to prescribe to was too restrictive or not allowing of the foods that we actually enjoy. So of course, when we just like go carefree with it, our body's going to say, give me everything that I love or give me those readily available sources of energy because I haven't been eating it. So I don't know if that's an analogy that you use with your clients, kind of like the binge Restrict cycle or the guilt repent. Like, does that resonate with you and your coaching at all?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I see it all the time and more so in the in conversations that I have with with non-clients, whether it's just engaging on social media or whatever, it's this that's the struggle is I restrict, 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 and then all of a sudden I can't take it anymore. So what do I do? I binge and then I feel feel like crap about the decisions I just made and all the food that I just ate. And now I feel guilty and so what do I do? I restrict, restrict, restrict. And it's this vicious cycle. And and you nailed it with the pendulum analogy. And that like I've never heard that before, but that paints that picture so perfectly. And why it it perfectly articulates why it's a dangerous cycle to get into. And and if we can just rather than the restrict and binge, find something that kind of keeps that pendulum in the middle. Mm-hmm. So we don't have those big swings from side to side. You're going to have something that is a lot more sustainable.
0: Yeah. And you can take the, the intuitive eating pendulum analogy. You can apply it wherever you want. Use it with your coaching. I give you full permission. It's not mine. I didn't come up with it, but you can go and take it and craft whatever version. But I'm stealing um, it. I
1: already wrote it down.
0: <laughs> I know. I saw you write something. I was like, what is he writing? For everybody who's listening, Josh and I can actually see each other right now. So we have those like, good verbal and visual cues. But something that I kind of wanted to touch on with that um, pendulum analogy or just like why that binge restrict cycle is not healthy for anyone. And this kind of comes back full circle to what we were talking about a few moments ago, where your clients have said to you before, like, I love food. But that's not healthy for me. But again, when we're living in these extremes with food, we like to think that that's the healthiest thing to do, right? To eat the foods that we don't enjoy to stay air quote compliant to whatever plan we may be on. And we think that's being healthy because we're maybe not eating X, Y, and Z or we're not eating air quote too much. But the reality of it is, since that more often than not will end in maybe a binge cycle, you know, the binge restrict, we know from nutrition science, from being coaches, from our personal experience, that actually, when we look at things from like that 10,000 foot view of when our body is going through these extreme cycles of not having enough food, and then all of a sudden it has a lot because we have binged on something we haven't allowed ourselves to eat, that process is actually more stressful and harmful to the body long term than just eating the foods that you enjoy incorporating a variety of foods and figuring out how you like to move how you like to take care of yourself like would you agree that it's like you know being in the more moderate realm of the pendulum is it doesn't only make more sense but it's also healthier for the body long term
1: Absolutely. I mean, anytime you can craft it with with a way that you're incorporating the foods that you enjoy, like you said, eating more nutritious foods, most of the time, of course, being able to squeeze in the less nutritious foods some of the times, your cookies, pizza, cake, whatever it is, whatever your thing is, you should always be able to eat those things. And I tell my clients, like, you should be able to get one good, you know, quote, unquote Cheat a day, like one food that you've commonly referred to as a cheat food in the past, like you should be able to squeeze something like that in each day. And this is even with a macro based approach. And for those of you who don't know what a macro based approach is, that's where we, I I truly believe in, you need to be eating the right amount. Well, not everybody knows what the right amount is, especially in the hustle and bustle of, of our daily lives. It's hard to know what the right amount is. So I teach food accountability and tracking your food intake and knowing really nailing down exactly what that right amount is and then being able to fit really whatever foods you want into those that amount of calories and we break it down by carbs, protein and fat and just being able to fit whatever foods you choose and prefer into those into those numbers and of course there's there's certain parameters and I like to say 80 to 90% of what you eat should be whole foods packed in nutritional value. And of course the other 10 to 20%, that should be the fun stuff. The pizza, the tacos, the ice cream, whatever it is, the peanut butter and jellies, you know, <laughs> donuts, cookies, all of that stuff. You should be able to squeeze those things in and 10 to 20% of your daily, daily calories. If you're eating 2000 calories a day, 20% of that is 400 calories. So, I mean, just to kind of put into perspective, how much flexibility you really do have just be squeezing in these foods that are going to keep you from feeling like this is a rigid diet to keep you from feeling like this is something that has you missing out on all the great fun things that life has to offer. That's perfectly fine. And, you know, I, I always like to say, I always like to ask to my clients on, on almost every single one of my coaching calls. I like to ask, do you enjoy what you're eating? And I, I like to ask that because if they don't, then we need to change what we're doing. You should always be enjoying what you're eating, especially if I'm giving you the discretion to choose all of your foods on a daily basis, given the parameters that they fall within certain um, certain macro range. You should absolutely be eating foods you enjoy, and if you're not, then you just des- I mean if, if you're not, then you deserve everything you're getting. If you're choosing foods, if you're choosing to eat foods that you don't enjoy, and wondering why your diet sucks, the answer is written on the wall you know, you need to be eating foods that you enjoy. And the second one is, do you feel restricted? You shouldn't ever feel restricted with this. And and even with your approach, you shouldn't feel restricted at all. You should always be able to eat the foods that you enjoy. You should always be able to eat an amount that's going to be sufficient to leave you from feeling really hungry. And I know, you know, I don't know a whole lot about your dieting history, but me in the past, like I came from I guess both ends of the spectrum where I really overate and then I got into where I was severely under eating and, and I don't ever want to feel like that again, feeling that kind of hunger and that kind of restriction. Like that is not fun. So if you ever feel like you're eating foods that you don't enjoy, or you feel like you can't eat foods that you do enjoy, you need to make a modification to your plan. You need to craft something that allows you to eat the foods you enjoy and allows you to eat a month that's going to be sufficient to keep you feeling full.
0: I love that, and, and I think too the the first question that you kind of like put in there. I like to ask my clients that question too, and like even though you and I we have different approaches in our actual coaching program, like the fact that our clients are eating foods that they enjoy, they feel nourished with, they feel satisfied with, like that is the main thing that I am concerned with because the moment that they don't enjoy the food that they're eating, the moment that they maybe feel full, but they don't feel satisfied or they, they feel restricted or deprived or like what I call the food police starts to come in. That's the moment where we know we have more work to do. We need to talk about something. We need to overcome a food rule. We need to kind of unpack whatever is going on there so that they're not existing in a space where they have to feel like that regarding their food. Because this is something that I always say, any of my clients who might be listening are probably like, oh, here she goes again. But something that I always say is we approach the topic of food or we are faced with the conversation of food three to four to five to maybe even six times a day, depending on how often you're eating. So if every time you approach your food conversation, whether you're on an intuitive eating approach, whether you're doing a macro-based approach, whether you're doing something in between, like a Franken approach, whatever we would call that, um, if if every time that you come to the food, it's stressful, you don't like it, it's anxiety-provoking, then we're not gonna wanna keep you in that space because you may be eating the, quote, okay foods, again, whatever that means for you, but if it's coming with a hefty, side portion or a dose of anything that's negative or stressful or kind of like provokes that not so happy emotion in you, then it's not going to be like word of the day, sustainable, like we've been talking about. It's not going to be something that truly gives you a healthy picture of what it's like to eat for a lifetime, not just for the next month or three months. So I hope anybody who's listening can can see like, it is okay to listen to different people's approaches. It's wonderful to learn and figure out like bottom line, no matter what approach the coach is taking, whether if it's, you know, that approach in between, whether it's intuitive, whether it's, you know, whatever it may be, the whole goal is to get the client, whoever's listening right now to a place where they feel good. Like they feel confident in their own space and they are aligned with their health goals and what they believe that they need for their own body. And I think that's like the most empowering thing that we can do as coaches. Like, I know you would agree, like in like the polarizing food society that we live in, people identify so strongly, like my way's the right way, your way's the wrong way type of thing, where it's like, why are we even putting our energy towards that conversation where if we all kept in our lane of, I want to help people, I want to lift people up. I want to teach people how to better nourish themselves. I think we would have a lot of healthier people in the world and a lot of happier people. I mean, would you agree with that? Cause then you're on social media as much as I am, you probably see a lot of this happening. So would you kind of agree to that last statement?
1: I couldn't agree with that anymore. And that reminds me so much of a post that I saw um, from John, Jordan Syatt, Syatt Fitness on Instagram. And I absolutely love his content. And I, you know, I don't know him personally or anything like that, but I'm going to plug him because everybody that's listening to this should be following him. He, he takes seemingly complicated topics in n- nutrition space and makes them seem very simple and deliberate in a way that anybody can understand. And what he said was, mm-hmm. for some people, a victory may be, or some people's success may be saying no to the donut. For other people, success may be saying yes to the donut. But at the end of the day, we're all dealing with our own issues. We all have our own situation, and if you don't craft something that works for you, you're missing the ball. And I that I saw that, and I I immediately screenshot it because it was I resonated with me so much, and with the clients that I work with. Like I have some clients that, yeah, I we're trying to get them to say no to the donuts in the break room, and I have other clients who. They've been saying no their entire life and I'm trying to get them to say yes to the donuts. And and it's, everybody has their own battles. And at the end of the day, it just comes down to crafting what works for you. So like, like you said, you can listen to, you know, people's, different people's approaches and all of that, but don't think in absolutes, don't think that one approach is superior to the other. Try and craft something that fits you. I love that, that. That may be incorporating several different approaches to fit one to, to craft one that works for you. So there is no right or wrong in that sense. But you know, I guess there's a wrong. If you're doing something that you don't enjoy, absolutely wrong. You're not going to stick with it. So.
0: Yeah. I think the thing there would be like wrong for who? <laughs> like wrong exactly. for you, yeah. wrong for me. So like there is a right and a wrong, but not like in the umbrella context. It's all like on that individual level. Who is it right for? Who is it wrong for? And vice versa. So I believe now that you were talking about that post, did you put that on your story? Cause I, I, oh, yeah. I remember seeing that somewhere and I was like, Ooh, that's good.
1: <laughs> I absolutely shared it. And I'll probably share it again now that we're talking about it because it's that important. Like it's, it's, so many people think that success has to be saying no to the to the donuts or the cookies or pizza or whatever and no that's not necessarily the case at all
0: I think I, I haven't decided what the title of this podcast is going to be but I think it has to be something along the lines of like right for who or like sustainability so we'll see what I what I come up with in the episode drops but this, conversation has been such a pleasure you have brought so much value different perspective knowledge and just good banter as we could say to the yours truly podcast but a couple things that I want to talk about or plug briefly before I have my last question for you my final question for all of my guests is we're here on a podcast Recording it as we speak That's probably an obvious, everyone's like, yes, we know this is a podcast, but you have had a long-term dream, wish, idea, whatever you want to call it, of starting your own podcast, and I know it's very new. Have you released your first episode yet? You have, right?
1: Yeah, I've got two episodes out now.
0: Two episodes out. woohoo! So for anybody who's listening and really loves hearing you speak, loves your opinions, wants to hear more about your approach, um, first of all, what's the podcast named and how can they find that? And also any other places on social media that you hang out?
1: Yeah, thanks a lot for that. So the Fit to Be Fierce podcast launches every Friday, Fit to Be Fierce Fridays, and I actually started it, what, two three Fridays ago. There's two episodes out now. And the whole gist of it is exactly what we just talked about on this entire episode and just how it doesn't need to be this whole living healthy thing doesn't need to be this complicated daunting rigid commitment it shouldn't be because if it is it's not going to be for you you're not going to be healthy if that's what you attribute to being healthy it needs to be something that's simple it needs to be fun it needs to be enjoyable and when it's all of those things, it's something that you can stick with long-term. So what I do on the podcast is I break these seemingly complicated topics and, and uh, situations, discussions down into very simple, practical terms and really just help you understand that there are no absolutes, that all you need to do is find that middle ground, craft something that works for you, that fits into your lifestyle rather than vice versa, and you're going to live a long healthy life and if you're going to be able to do the things that you enjoy you're going to be able to do date night and and have the drink at the wedding and go out for pizza for lunch even if it is during the week because you know the rule you can't eat you, there's weekend foods and weekday foods and you got to eat the chicken and rice during the week and all of that so no it doesn't have to be like that at all and that's the whole gist of the podcast is helping you understand that it should be fun it should be simple it should be enjoyable so uh the fit to be fierce podcast it's available on all major podcast platforms so iTunes Spotify SoundCloud Google Play all of those uh, of course give me a follow on Instagram Josh Pierce Nutrition and I'm searchable on Facebook as well so uh look forward to hearing what you all think about the podcast give it a give it a subscribe share it if you find something helpful if you find it to resonate with you give it a share if you, if you took good information from that i'm willing to bet that you probably know somebody that would benefit from it as well so Thank you for allowing me to introduce and plug the podcast, Claire.
0: Of course, of course. This is a podcast platform, so we're going to plug as many other podcasts as we can. So, Pretty much what I'm hearing is if they want to hear a more extended and weekly variation of this conversation that we had, they should go check out your podcast. And To be totally honest, the first time that I heard the name of it, I was like, oh my goodness, it's his last name. I was like, fit to be pierced. But then I realized it was fit to be fierce, not fit to be pierced. So that's like my, my punny brain talking. And I'll have to say also for anybody who doesn't follow Josh yet, on social media, on Instagram, you got to go find him because this guy has some of the most expressive selfie faces I have ever seen. <laughs> that was one of my first impressions of you when I started following you, I don't know, like a year or more ago. I was like, man, like I thought I had some expressive faces, but when you turn that selfie cam around, you never know what face is going to pop up from Josh. <laughs> like a super excited one or like, ah, like what's going to happen type of face. So Follow him for those super expressive selfies as well. So the last question that I have for you, my friend, every guest here I have here on the Yours Truly podcast, you know our theme is not only intuitive eating, but also living more gently or more kindly, self-compassionately with yourself. So what would you say that you do? What is maybe a practice that you have that allows you to incorporate some more self-compassion to your day so that you're making progress, you're enjoying your life, but you're not necessarily beating yourself up for everything that didn't go the way that you planned or anticipated along the way?
1: I think the big one for me is just not feeling like I need to be perfect. And in the past, it was like... There were so many things that I wanted to do that I didn't take action on because I wanted them to be perfect. And I think, you know, the big one that stands out is this whole nutrition coaching thing. I, I think it was eighteen months before I actually took a, a client. I mentioned to a friend that I was going to start my own nutrition coaching business, and then I just overanalyzed, and I, you know, I was like, well, I didn't have, I don't have a name, I don't have a logo, I don't have a website, I don't even know what colors I want it to be. Like, I got caught up overanalyzing all this stuff, thinking it needed to be perfect when now a year and a half into coaching, the things I would do for an extra 18 months of experience for an extra 18 months of creating impact and changing lives. Like I would give anything to get that 18 months back. And that's just one example, but anybody that's, you know, doing the same with their fitness journey, with starting out with hiring a coach or, you know, whatever it is, It doesn't have to be perfect. Imperfect action beats inaction every single time. And that's the biggest thing that I can tell you there.
0: I would drop my mic and say mic drop, but I want to preserve the life of my mic. So <laughs> I couldn't agree more with that. And and I love that you touched on too, that really applies to everything. Whether you're an entrepreneur, whether you're, I don't know, a parent, whether you're wanting to start your own health journey, whatever that may mean for you, that imperfect action or just doing something is always going to be doing nothing. So Love that. I think that's a great cap to our podcast here, how you live gently with yourself. So I want to thank you so much for gracing us with your presence here on the Yours Julie podcast. Everybody go check out Josh's podcast, his content, if you want more of him. And that is all that we have for you guys today. So we're going to sign off here. Yours Truly, Josh and Claire.
1: <laughs> thank you so much.